This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Latner. From the locker room to the boardroom, Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drives results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll not only be a better person, but also better athlete, coach, leader, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Amber Latner, and we are on episode seven, looking at building block number six, emotional management. We've got a great session here today, really looking at how does our body react under pressure and what's really going on inside of us, and how can we understand our brain a little bit better so that when these big moments come, we don't shy away from that. We don't shrink under pressure. We don't pull back, but rather we engage. We engage with that pressure. We step up, we show up, and we deliver our absolute best. I just want to thank everybody, um, all of our listeners who have, have been, you know, steadily listening to all of the episodes and really engaging with building a championship mindset. We are in season one called Building Your Mental Performance Foundation. And so this this season is built around a program that I've been, I developed and have been using for the last five years with athletes now on really helping individuals lay a solid foundation to their mental game. So just a quick recap, um, building block one was awareness and we had featured guest Bruce Bowen on talking talking about the power of being optimistic and and how that affects performance, but also the importance of awareness in everything that we do. Our mindset training for awareness was to be doing that three by three plus one. So if you don't know what that is, go back to episode two, which is uh, the building block on awareness. Building block two was motivation. And we talked to featured guest Serge Pay of formerly in the NHL and currently a hockey agent. Uh, building block three was confidence. And we spoke with Brittany Bach, a soccer player, former at the University of Notre Dame. We were teammates. And um, and, and now she's an entrepreneur and, and really starting her own business. And so looking at confidence and what that means as a woman as a professional, as an athlete, et cetera. Building block five was intensity management. And we talked with Dr. Pat Ivey about finding your zone and being able to get in that. Building block six is today, emotional management. And we've got former NFL player, Bo Scaife, current entrepreneur with us, coming on in just a little bit to talk about his experience of emotional management and the importance of that in driving performance in everything we do. So he talks a little bit about what that means as a man. Um, you know, some of the guys that, that I work with, you know, they get anxious talking about emotions and and they, they're afraid that it's going to be emotional, right? But the reality of it is a lot of our lives are driven by emotions and a lot of people make a lot of decisions emotionally. And that's not always the most productive. So it's important for us to learn how to talk about emotions, learn how to understand our emotions, and then learn how to leverage those to, again, position us to be successful. It's not okay to say, well, I wasn't feeling it that day, right? Or I was really mad or I was I was scared. I mean, there's moments when we, when we have that, but we can't, like I said earlier, pull back from the pressure and disengage, we have to step up. We have to learn how to think about pressure and what our emotions are doing differently. So mentally tough athletes are masters of their emotions. They understand their emotions in a very deep way. And they don't let the moments that they have to show up and be great control them. They control the moment. 
So again, whether we're in sport or business or in life in general, we can't let moments control us. We have to control the moment. And that often comes with better understanding emotionally what's happening in our bodies. So I ask a lot of people, you know, what starts to happen when you when you're under pressure? What happens to your body? And so everybody is a little bit different, but a lot of the responses I get are, well, my heart starts racing or my thoughts start getting crazy or my my legs feel like lead or the opposite of that, my legs feel like jelly and everything's just sort of like all over the place and I can't really control it. The butterflies in our stomach, right? Some people, you know, have to go to the bathroom a lot. Bruce Bowen talked about that, you know, before every game he had to go to the bathroom and he was like, oh gosh, that means I'm nervous. No, that means that's your body getting ready to play. So famous athlete Bill Russell, arguably one of the best uh, basketball players of all time, used to play for the Celtics. And he said that before every big game, and, and then it became before a lot of games in general, he would throw up. And and people were like, oh, Bill, like you got to stop throwing up before games. Like How are you going to get that under control? And he said, no way. When I throw up, that just tells me I'm ready. <laughs> to the point where his coach held the team back from going out on the court until Bill threw up, almost seeing it as when Bill throws up, we're ready to go. Let's get it. And so I want to break that down a little bit and help us understand a little bit more about, well, what is really happening and why is that our body actually preparing us? So Dr. Steve Peters wrote this book called The Chimp Paradox, and it's an awesome book, an awesome way for us to understand better our brain and, and the impact that it has on how we function in general. But he, he talked about um, our brains in sort of an analog, analogous way of a chimp, a human, and a computer. So there's lots of different areas of your brain, but he talked about three of them. Again, the chimp, the human, and the computer. So I want to break those areas down for you. The chimp is actually your limbic system. And so this is the oldest part of the human brain. It's in the center of the brain. It's a small complex area that's actually in charge of your fight fight, flight, or freeze response. So, you know, in historic times where cavemen were walking around and, and they've got, you know, saber-toothed tigers coming out of nowhere, their limbic system would trigger and send that fight, flight, or freeze response. And so that would engage their bodies, right? So their heart rate goes up, their muscle tension is all activated, right? And they that prepares them to fight the saber-toothed tiger, to flight, or to run away as fast as they can, or to freeze and hope that the saber-toothed tiger doesn't see them, smell them, or hear them, right? And so that that part of our brain, the limbic system or the chimp, is still really active in us as humans today, obviously. So when you're driving your car and somebody pulls out and you slam on the brakes, you don't necessarily think about doing that. It's that quick response that prepares us to emotionally engage in situations that, that activate that quick reaction. The next part of the brain is the human, and that's your prefrontal cortex. So this is the more logical reasoning side of your brain that helps you make better decisions, right? And analyzes situations and prepares you to act accordingly. And then you've got the computer, and the computer is your information processing center in your brain. And so this is where all sort of signals come into, they get processed, and then it goes out to your body to say, okay, do X, do Y, do Z, etc. So Dr. Peters talks about how in, in pressure situations and in at stressful moments, the chimp and the human are both active, right? And they're both analyzing situations, but very differently. And so as soon as they engage in a high pressure situation, the chimp runs the computer, right? And says, fight, flight, or freeze, fight, flight, or freeze. This is a high pressure situation, right? It's a saber-toothed tiger. But the human also runs to the computer and says, no, wait don't fight, flight, or freeze. This isn't a saber-toothed tiger. This is merely 
third set of a tennis match, right? Or fourth and goal, or a big business meeting, or closing arguments for a lawyer, right? No need to fight, flight, or freeze. Let's figure out how to best react, respond, and engage under pressure here. Now, even in how I communicated that, right, the speed of my dialogue was different because these processing uh, mechanisms happen at different speeds. So the chimp is actually two times faster than the human. So who always wins the foot race to the computer? The chimp, right? So it's like the chimp is always going to win this race of getting to the computer to say fight, flight, or freeze. So what can we do? Well, we have to program our computer like any good computer is programmed so that when the chimp tries to run to our computer and say, fight, fight, or freeze, fight, fight, or freeze, we can say, hey, time out. This isn't a saber-toothed tiger, right? This is just a big game or this is just a big meeting. And I'm prepared. I know how to handle stress. I know how to handle pressure. I, I know I can step up and deliver right now. By that time, your human will get there, right? And you will be able to enact the right reaction. And so... Bill Russell and his throwing up before the game is literally his body just preparing him to play. So when he said that, you know, I don't know if he actually knew what was going on, but he said, this is my body preparing me to play. That tells me I'm ready. And so what's actually happening is that you're throwing up or for, you know, Bruce Bowen going to the bathroom to get all of the extra stuff in your body out so that all of the energy, all of the blood, all of the resources can be put towards your major muscle groups to execute the action. And so literally, it is your body preparing you to play well. So, you know, I challenge my athletes a lot to think about what, how does your body feel and really to look, gain a different perspective on what's going on within you to understand, yes, this is me preparing to play. And this is us using our mind to understand what's going on in our body. Again, we've got our brain and we've got our mind and the mind sort of hovers above the brain and and is what allows us to choose what thoughts are we going to have and what thoughts are we going to entertain. And so if we entertain the thought of, oh my God, this is a huge moment. I'm freaking out. Everybody's watching me. This is like life or death, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden the anxiety happens, right? The stress happens. And and we, we find a tipping point where we go over and not a good way. And and we can't show up and deliver. But if we use our mind to say, yes, this is a big moment, but I'm prepared. I'm ready. I know what this moment means, but even more so, I know that this moment is mine and I'm going to step up and show up. And and that way, our mind allows us to manage our emotions on a, at a better, better level, which then affects our physiology or our body's response, right? Which ultimately then dictates our performance. And so it's funny because I talk with my my, my uh, clients a lot about this. And I've had some that say, you know, Amber, I don't think my chimp is the issue. <laughs> He's sometimes I cage my chimp and I don't let I don't let him come out and just react and respond and, and, and really, you know, go with the flow of the game and trust that. But rather, I think my human's the issue. He's a talker, you know, and he analyzes everything. And, you know, she almost gets in my way of being great. And so how do I deal with that? the exact same way. We have to program our computer differently. So I had a pitcher that I worked with at one point in baseball. And he said, you know, I'd, I'd, get, I'd get up to the mound and, and I'm there and I'm analyzing. I've got all these pitches in my head that I could throw. And, and, I, and I almost freeze sometimes because of, I'm analyzing too much. And so we had to put restraints around that. We had to put some barriers. And so, you know, I told him, okay, you get three choices and then you have 
six seconds to, to make the decision of what pitch you're going to go. And then you're going to inhale and exhale. And on the exhale, you're going to trust it and go. And so we had to build this little routine or this little process around him managing his human more productively. So whatever side you're on, whether your chimp is really active or your human's really active, you, we need to, to better understand and build some mechanisms or some programs within our computer so that we can manage those different, those, um, different analytical processes in a way that, again, uh, leverages our ability as a human to, one, be able to react quickly, but two, be able to analyze things more rationally um, to, again, execute excellently on a more consistent basis. And so we're going to bring Bo Scaife on here in just a second to look at his insight on what it was like as a former Texas Longhorn, um, as a former NFL player, and now as an entrepreneur on the importance of emotions and how we can use those. And then again, stay tuned for the end of the show where we'll look at championship mindsets on emotional management and the mindset training that you can do to start training your mind to manage those emotions, to position you to be excellent. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Bo Scaife. How are you doing today, sir? How are you doing, boss lady? Oh, wonderful, wonderful on this end. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us. Oh, this is great what you're doing. I love it. You know, anytime I can be a part of this great thing that you're doing, uh, you know, I always feel welcomed. Oh, it, this is awesome. And so a brief little intro on Bo, right? Former Texas Longhorn, former NFL tight end, and turned mentor, trademarked the slogan Ballerpreneur at his company, Fresh Ed Life, where he is doing incredible things on just helping young athletes. Uh, actually, before I give the intro on how incredible all the work you're doing, Bo, give us a little bit of background on Fresh Ed Life. What is that all about? It's a mentor leadership company for young athletes. Um, you know, growing up, being an athlete and, and making it going through all the levels. You know, I saw a, lot, a whole lot of issues that I dealt with and myself and my friends dealt with. So, you know, I wanted to be the one to be able to come out when I was done playing and provide solutions to, you know, athletes and just really help them navigate through their athletic career. So, you know, myself and uh, a bunch of guys that I played with and played against, you know, we've all come together just to build a platform where we can help guys and girls and be successful on and off the field. That's so powerful and it's so needed. And what I love most about what you're doing, Bo, is you've been through it, right? You've been through this and you've gotten people together that have been through it as former athletes, men, women, um, from sports, football, basketball, volleyball, soccer, you know, all different ages and, and now all doing something very productive as members of society after sport. And so, you know, Bo's heart and his work behind what he's doing to help kids, meeting them where they are, loving sport and helping them be better at sport. But also prepping them for life after because, you know, Bo and I both know, right? right? Sport eventually ends. And then what? And, and who are we? And what are we going to do in this world? So just a, a huge thank you um, for all of the work that you and your team are putting in there. And, you know, I look forward to collaborating more in the future on that as well. Awesome. All right. So we're talking about emotional management today. And I love this topic. I think that, you know, I work predominantly with young men. And so we talk about emotions, right? <laughs> and they sort of get antsy. But at the end of the day, we can talk about emotions in a non-emotional way. And as you and I both know, emotions are a huge driver in, in how we live life and ultimately how we perform. And so, Bo, tell us about, from, from your experience, what is the importance of emotional management in sport and in life? Well, first off, you know, emotions are here to stay and they're a big part of 
of our lives. So I think, you know, being able to find that emotional stability on and off the field is something that should be a goal for everybody. You know, you might not realize that at a young age, but as you get older, you're going to realize the the power that your emotions have over your performance. So it's something that you need to practice and work on and get better at and improve um, throughout your career and throughout your life. Tell us about, so so earlier we talked a little bit about big moments, right? And how big moments, you know, carry all this added pressure on the outside and they, they tend to create more intense emotions than perhaps normal. Tell us about a big moment in your life and how your emotions impacted your performance in that moment. Well, I, you know, it's a great time to talk about the NFL Combine. You know, it's coming up, you know, this weekend and, you know, through next week. But you know, that was a huge moment for me, uh, you know, getting the invite to the Combine. I wasn't well sought after in college because I had a, a bunch of injuries and, you know, I was red flagged as a, a guy who was injured. But they finally gave me an invite. So, you know, going there and having an opportunity to to perform and, and to hopefully live out my dream, that was a huge moment for me. And I had just suffered a, a another injury right before that. So I wasn't able to – I wasn't 100%. You know, I had a sports hernia. I was playing with a sports hernia. And then I, was, I had three ACL surgeries, you know, pre – pre-combine so you know i'm walking into this thing like this is my only shot at fulfilling this dream despite everything that i've been through so you know i remember just leading up to that moment training for the combine and then getting there and seeing all the other players you know around the country that were you know so highly touted and you know obviously the same goal as me and just being able to rally myself up despite everything that I've been through and perform at a high level. And and ultimately, you know, I was able to get drafted and stuff. So that was a huge moment for me to be under those lights, under those circumstances with what I was dealing with at the time. And, you know, the best thing that I did for myself was just believe, you know, I be- I've always been a big believer in myself, regardless of what coaches, friends, players, or whatever ha- have said, you know, people are always going to discourage your dreams um, <clears throat> that's just a part of being an athlete and being successful. So something you need to get used to, but I've always been a believer in myself and I've always observed my surroundings and the guys around me. So if I feel like I didn't fit in or I wasn't able to do something, then I probably wouldn't have done it. But you know, at that moment in time, I felt like I was ready for that moment. I felt like I prepared my whole life for it and I was ready to give everything I had. How were you able to harness those emotions, right? Because they're actually first describe to us what those emotions are, standing under the lights, being around guys that you know are highly touted, that, you know, you haven't trained as intensely as you would have hoped due to injury. First, what emotions existed? And then how did you manage those to to really just lock in and, and do what you needed to do and got it done? Well, the emotions were definitely, you know, one of nervousness, fear, was a big one, um, anxiety, anxious, because the combine itself, and I don't know if everybody really knows this, but it's really a, a high-pressure situation, and they, they make it that way for a reason, because if they're going to invest all these money in these guys, they need to know how they act under these circumstances and under these pressures. So, you know, those emotions were definitely trying to control my body, but I think the huge thing that everyone can do for themselves that helps them control those emotions in those big moments is preparation. Right. You know, your preparation is is key 
um, in any big moment because the better prepared you are, the more you're going to be able to perform at a high level because it's going to be more automatic because you know you put in the work. You know you put in the time and the effort and you studied all the circumstances and things that come up. And then number two, as I mentioned earlier, is just that that believing in yourself and your capabilities. You know, obviously they invited me to this combine because they saw something in me. I had seen it in myself, so here was a stage and you might only get that one opportunity. So, you know, that preparation and that, that idea of believing in yourself, those two things have to be running parallel um, in big moments in order for you to be successful and, and, and get what you want. That's awesome. I love talking to you, Bo, because I, I think every time I hear you tell your stories, I, I catch a different way that you think about things than most people in general. And I think that, again, the name of this podcast is Building Championship Mindsets, and, and we're talking to a champion right now. And how you think is just so champion-esque. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're talking about all of these different elements that could potentially derail you. But instead of listening to that chatter in your head, what I hear you saying is, I was talking back to that. I started get listing the reasons why I should be there and why, you know, I was going to do great when I was there and in what purpose this was all in service to. And so I just want to highlight that for our listeners, because again, a lot of people that were around on a day-to-day basis, all they would talk about was all the negativity around it or all the fear or all the uncertainty. And part of being a champion is acknowledging that those things are there, acknowledging that they exist, and then totally switching how you perceive them and, and, and approach them and think about them and locking in, engaging with your best self and delivering. That's called controlling the message. And, you know, coaches, they, especially some of the you know great coaches like the Nick Sabres of the world, the Mac Browns and um, Harbaugh's, they speak a lot about that, you know, controlling the message of their team. And, and so they don't let that outside chatter get in. You know, you have this message that is in inside your head and you're telling yourself and you're constantly working towards and believing in, and that's how you block out and derail, I mean, defect all these other chatters or the negativity that, that that's definitely going to come your way because it's going to come, you know, none of us are exempt for that. So you got to control the message with yourself. And you're the one that creates that message. You're the one that, that protects that message and that holds that message close to your heart. So and that's another thing that we should definitely tell people, Ms. Amber, is you know, about controlling that message. Absolutely. And, and, and what's beautiful about the work that you're doing right now is you're helping kids craft the right message, right? Unfortunately, a lot of them don't know what the right message is. And so hearing it from someone um, that, that's been through it like you have and, and have been successful in all these different levels is, is really powerful to, to craft that right message. Correct. So let's talk about pressure a little bit. What do you think about pressure? What, what's your take on pressure in general? Um, I think it's needed. I think it's needed to push people and help them stretch to, to their limitations, beyond their limitations. Um, that's how people break through ceilings and, um, you know, accomplish things that they've never thought they would accomplish is through pressure. You know, they always say pressure busts pipes. Um, so that's how I see pressure. I see it's something that's needed for us to stretch beyond our thinking, our, our, our abilities that we feel like we have and, and really do great things um, more than we ever thought we could do. Give us a give us a high pressure moment that you've had recently. So you've you've not been playing. How many years have you been out of the league now? Uh, four. Four years out of the league. Give us a recent post playing pressure situation that you found yourself in, and how you manage your emotions through the course of that to still be successful in the moment. I think um, you know just transitioning from sport itself was a super high pressure moment. 
Um, you hear the stories of guys struggling, um, you know, post post career with finding what else they want to do. And you see what it does to some, you know, it obviously leads some to, you know, suicide, depression. So it's a, you know, it's a constant battle when you're done playing to, to fight that. So to me, I feel like it's a lot of pressure for, for guys or people, you know, who have been successful to find what's next because you have people watching you, you have people, you know, looking to see what you do and you don't want to ever be that person that falls off. So, you know, maintaining that giant, giantness, um, presence that you have, you know, beyond your sport and, and having to live up to that, even though you really don't have to, I think a lot of people find pressure in that, you know, staying big and, and being big and, and maintaining their image. So for me, that was a, a definitely a pressure situation moment. What was I going to do when I got done playing? And for me, I, I, I found something and I think this is the remedy for depression and, and transition and everything. It's just to challenge yourself. So I went to business school and you know, I got me a master's degree in business and it really kept my mind off thinking about what I would be depressed about because I wasn't playing anymore. So anyone who suffers from those type of things or are in situations where you know they're depressed or they're down, you got to find ways to challenge yourself and challenge your mind so you just kick those bad thoughts out your way and, and it helps push you forward. What I also hear within that is that, you know, beyond the identity and role that you played as an athlete, there were some core elements to who you knew yourself to be um, that carried you through into the next challenge. And so talk to me a little bit about how you think knowing some core threads of who you are as an individual and as a man help you in terms of emotional management. Well, I always identify myself as an athlete. And that's going to be me forever. That's my DNA. That's my core. So I feel like football saved my life. Football gave me life because of all the foundational building blocks that uh, it instilled with me. Um, you know, we're talking about pressure. We're talking about um, stress, um, tough situations. And you get that in sports. You get that when you're injured. You get that in big games. You get that after losses. So, you know, if you play enough games and you play long enough, you're going to be so um, versed to dealing with those type of things that, you know, you know how to handle it. So now when I'm done playing, I feel like, you know, nothing is truly um, phases me when it comes to that, because I remember those moments and I'm able to recall those moments. And I've seen and I, I've seen myself come through and pass through those moments and be successful. So, you know, once you've done it once, then you can do it over and over and over and over and over again. Um, obviously, knowing that there is failure involved, but failure is a is part of success. You know, you fail on the way to success, and you know that's the whole thing about you know getting back up when you get knocked down. You can't win every play in sports, and you're not going to win every play in life. But it's all about how you respond and, and come back from that. Yeah, that's so powerful. You know, unfortunately, I think we see a lot of our young kids, they, they don't handle failure well, and they struggle with that. They see that as fatal. So talk even a little bit more about that. I think that's important for our listeners to hear um, in terms of just how do how do champions view failure? Tell us your perspective on that. They, they understand that it's a part of the game. They're never, ever, ever, ever content with it. Um, I think failure, for me especially, I've used it as a driving force. You know, um, I was really close to giving up on football, you know, after my third ACL and tear in five years, you know, I was basically that guy sitting on the other side of the fence, you know, watching his friends play, watching his friends fulfill their dreams and going to the NFL. And I was like, you know, that's, I don't know if that was ever going to be me. So I, you know, completely 
had those thoughts of being a failure. But, you know, a champion always has that that light. And if you don't have any piece of hope left in you, then, you know, you're going to you're, you're going to lay down. But I always had that light lit. Um, it wasn't always shining bright at times, but as long as it was shining, I knew I had a chance. And that's how I bounced back from all the things that I've, I've been, been involved in and been knocked down by. Just having that hope and believing in myself that I can come back from that. And, you know, like I said, once you get that track record of surviving, um, which, you know, all of us are 100 percent survivors. You know, if you're still living today, you're you survived everything that you've been dealing with in your life. And um, so that's you know something that, that people should know. You know, you're not a failure. You're still here and you still have opportunity and, um, and and you're still healthy enough to do it. So, you know, embrace those things and, um, you know, never give up. That's awesome. Let, let's take that idea and dialogue into talking to our young men out there in considering the importance of emotional management, right? Again, I work a lot with these young guys and I think at a younger age, they don't necessarily understand the importance of emotional control and, and emotional management and how they they do have a sense of control over it and they can manage that. And by not managing that, they can make decisions out of emotion that could potentially really put roadblocks into their future and into the greatness that they could live into to its individual in this world. What insight do you have on being being a man, being a black man in America, um, being a former athlete, right, in that space? Talk to us about the importance of emotional management for young men today and how they manage sport and manage their lives. Well, first of all, I would tell people, don't make permanent decisions over temporary feelings or temporary things that you're going through. If you're dealing with something or something happened to you, it's, it's temporary, you know. Tough times don't last, tough people do. Um, as a young athlete coming up, especially, you know, a young black athlete, um, you have to do your best to, to make the best decisions. And the way you make the best decisions is you find what is important to you and you protect what's important to you. And you got, and when I mean important, I mean something that you're not willing to let go of, that you're not willing to give up or, or, or jeopardize. For me, that was football. Um, and it's sad to say, but I've seen so many guys throw away their dreams, as you mentioned earlier, over that one bad decision. Um, I do feel that a lot of athletes, especially younger ones, are uninformed of things. And to me, I feel like a lot more responsibility needs to be given to coaches um, and parents to inform these young kids uh, of what they're up against or what they're dealing with. Um, we see adults making mistakes all the time. So how do we expect these 19, 20, 21 year olds to not make mistakes? And why do we hold them to these high expectations of trying to be perfect when they're not even grown up yet? So, um, that's, that's a big issue for me. Um, but you know, if you have something that's important to you that you care about, then you got to protect it and you can't jeopardize that. And, you know, the finding that passion for whatever it is, is what's going to lead you to what's important. As a black man, you might not get as many second chances or opportunities as uh, maybe your white counterparts. Is it fair? No. But that's just the law of the land, and that's just the way things are. are. So you're going to be held to a higher standard. You're not going to get the same second chances or opportunities. And, and you have to do your best with what you're given and play the hand that you're dealt. And that's something my dad has always told me about playing the amateur deal. This is the where you are, who you are. And so you have to play that. And if you want to become more, or if you want to have more rather, 
then you got to become one. And wow, so that's powerful. We all we all talk about what we want to do or have. Okay, but what are you going to do in order to get that? Are you prepared for everything that you're asking for? And if you're not, you're going to have to do that. If you want to be, you're not ready to be an NFL player when you're in high school. You have to prepare yourself for that. So I had silence there because I was taking notes. <laughs> yes, I'm taking notes on my interviewee because that that's a powerful statement, Bo. If you want to if you want to have more, you've got to become more. And I think that that is a really powerful conception. I, I wrote this paper called A Feminine Touch in a Masculine World, and it's on being a female in the very male dominated spaces of sport and business. And one of the one of the elements that I highlight in there is uh, you, you got to know the rules and you got to play the game. Right. And so wherever we are in this space as a as a black man in America, as a woman in male dominated spaces, as a minority in any place that you find yourself or even the even if you're if you are in the majority, like you got to know the rules and you got to play the game well. And depending on where you are in that hierarchy of an existence, you got to know how to manage the game well um, for yourself, right? In, in that position, but particularly this element of emotional, emotional management and the impact that that can have on positioning you to be successful and to navigate that. And emotional control is a skill, right? We can learn this. We, we can learn, we can practice managing our emotions. What would be one way that you would, that you would challenge our listeners to start practicing this emotional management so that they can better play the game or better position themselves to be successful even amid high pressure high stress environments they always just say cooler heads prevail you know cool heads always prevail and if you're the leader on the team um you know they always point at the quarterback right and let's talk about tom brady a little bit you know they asked him what he was saying to the guys in the huddle you know before the last drive you know the he was being vintage calm the same guy that he's been the whole game you know so you have to be able to intend Intentionally, you know, pay attention to those things um, in those situations. Um, so I feel like that's something that really comes with experience. The more you're put in those situations, the more opportunities you get to uh, practice that emotions. Even on inner day-to-day interactions with people, if someone pisses you off, how are you going to handle that? How are you going to handle if your parents yell at you? How are you going to handle you if your coach yells at you? How are you going to handle if you mess your mess up in a game? Those are all examples and um, experiences where you'll have an opportunity to control your emotions and, and really manage um, your actions responding to your emotions. So, you know, there's opportunities for us all day long, every day about dealing with our emotions and, and managing them. Um, so, you know, you're going to get plenty of practice. That's awesome, right? And that's it. We gotta, we gotta practice. We gotta practice being under pressure. You know, if you ask an athlete, "Hey, do you practice more or do you compete more?" Bo, when you played, did you practice more or did you compete more? We competed. I mean, game situations. Sorry, 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 sorry. Game situations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, preparation is everything. Like practice and preparation, it's it's everything. It's the key. Your commitment to what you're doing is your key to success. And I just tell people so much. You really have to love and find what you're doing. If you don't love what you're doing, if you don't love the sport that you're playing, then you shouldn't play it. Because when you love something and you care about it so much, then the work involved is irrelevant. You know, you all you care about is the results, and, and that's all I. You know, that's how I am now. You know, I don't care about 
what I got to do or who I got to call or what emails I got to send out, what meetings I got to do, because I just care about the results and where I'm trying to get to. Absolutely. Right. And we spend way more time preparing than we do in actual game situations, right? Or from a business perspective, in actual meeting, sales pitch, closing meeting type situations. But for us to be prepared for those big moments, we've got to, we've got to practice and we've got to practice being under pressure. And so, you know, throughout the course of our day, how are we engaging with pressure? Are we, are we waiting for these literal big moments to, to prep for that and that type of, uh, intensity? Or are we creating environments on a daily basis that put us under pressure, that create stress, that, that give us the opportunity to really, like you said, practice managing our emotions. And I like to call that triple C, calm, cool, and collected, right? And I think, like you said, Tom Brady was an incredible example of that in the Super Bowl. He never flinched. He stayed calm, cool, and collected, triple C the entire time. And before long, what did he start doing? Marching down the field and putting it right in the end zone. And, And I just think that connection to performance on our ability to stay triple C is huge. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, execution is... That's why the Patriots won the, won the Super Bowl, because they executed. And that's a huge part of being under control. You can't, you're not going to be able to execute if you're not in control, if you're, if you're not you know, focused or if you're not in the right state of mind. So you know, being able to control those emotions and those high-pressure situations is going to allow you to execute, which is you know, how you get the results that you want. So you mentioned a little bit about your business role right now. So compare for us the difference between pressure in sport and pressure in business. Um, well, you know, I, I think sport is probably a little a little harder because um, it's more physical and mental. You know, you got you're the best of both worlds now. Um, you can just, for example, you know, you're playing hurt. You're playing hurt in a big game. So now you're playing in a big game and you're not 100%. So, I mean, that's a lot going on and going through your mind. So, you know, I've been in a bunch of situations like that where I wasn't myself or, you know, like I said, where I was playing for a national championship or playing for the playoffs, you know, and playing in front of millions of people. I mean, those are high pressure situations. I've dropped, you know, touchdowns on national TV, only one. But, you know, that, that was a, a very hurtful moment for myself. And I just don't see in business – you know, people don't, they're not on that, <laughs> they're not on that forefront like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we don't even know the majority of CEOs out there, you know, but of these huge companies, we don't even know them because, you know, they're not out there like that. So I feel like people are, are, are a lot more protected in business. Um, they're, they're able to stay behind the scenes a little more and you just kind of able to let your results speak for yourself um, without a huge audience um, knowing who you are. How do you put pressure on yourself now as a businessman to stay on top of your game, to stay sharp, to stay super productive? I mean, I know you grind, right? So what does that look like to you in in your world at this stage? Just, and I practice good habits, you know, getting up early, um, you know, setting a checklist of things, of priorities that I need to make sure I get done, Uh, managing my time well, not wasting my time. I think that's a huge thing, you know, especially with social media now is, People waste so much time just on their phones being unproductive. I like to, you know, get my stuff done as soon as possible uh, and as well as possible with with the limit of distractions as possible. And, you know, you got to find a way to be able to block out those distractions because that's when you're going to be most effective in your work. And, um, you know, I feel like that's where a lot of people, you know, fail and they're not achieving the results they want because they're not 
focused as it need to be on the, the task at hand. So for me, it's all about focus on getting my priorities taken care of and, and just doing things in, a, in an environment where I'm not distracted so I can give my all and, and be the best. That's awesome. What advice do you have for our listeners on handling pressure? My advice for listeners, embrace it. Just embrace it. You can't run from it. Um, know it's there, but believe that this is why you're here. This is what you're meant for. This is what you're here to do and, and that you have the ability to accomplish it. And if there's other people who have already done what, what you what you're trying to do, then there's no reason why you can't do. All I needed to see was one other person, um, you know, start their business or, you know, get get here or accomplish that. And I believe that I could do it. So, you know, believing is is so much of the battle, just convincing yourself that you can and you're able to do it. I think that's the, the, the number one key that's going to get you through the pressure is just knowing that, hey, it's here and I'm going to deal with that shit and I'm going to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. And and something I want to highlight to our listeners there is what you said is I saw, I saw somebody else launch their business, right? And so that's, you had a model. And I know that, you know, when you went through that transition experience out of the league, you had role models of guys that did it right and did it well, and you looked to them. And when you were, when you were in high school, right, you saw models in college playing ball and, and that encouraged you and made you believe. And then you saw guys go to the combine and, and, to, and be in the NFL. So to our listeners out there, one of the greatest ways that people learn is through modeling. It's the, the modeling effect. And so if you want something in your life that you currently don't have, and, and you're sort of debating whether to take that leap professionally or personally, I would just encourage you to go out there and try to find a model, try to find someone that's that sort of looks like you similar age, similar color, similar, you know, backgrounds and see, well, did they do it? Right. And then if you can't find anybody similar, look for anybody. Right. Because there are people out there doing what you have in your mind. And and sometimes as human beings, when we see someone else actually doing it, it, it does. It sparks that belief. Right. But it sparks that hope that, wow, this is accomplishable. And if they can do it, I can do it. And so and then get to work making that list of what you need to do to get what you say that you want and and expect the pressure. Right. Embrace that. I, I think it's a you know, that analogy people talk about of diamonds are only made under pressure and it's cliche, but it's true. You know, and if diamonds don't get a lot of pressure and a lot of heat, what do you know what they come out as, Bo? <laughs> What, what do they come out coal, of? Coal. It's like coal, oh. right? So like if you don't get heat and pressure, then you're just a lump of coal. But if you do, now all of a sudden you become one of the most like valuable gems in the world. And and that can be in any of your space, right? And so I just think that I, I love your perspective on embracing pressure and expect it and know that it's doing something great in your mind, in your heart, in your body to prepare you for that greatness that's next. You know, I think it's important too, just to add, you know, you spoke about, you know, finding the right role models and stuff. It's also, you know, a good idea to just be aware of what you don't want to be and those models too. You know, I've seen people, you know, who were done playing and they went broke or, you know, they, they fell off and, and that's, those are examples of what I didn't want to be. Um, you know, if your parents weren't successful or your brother got locked up or something like that, those are examples of what you don't want to be and you don't have to be that. So you don't have to accept, you know, your environment or your circumstances. And um, I think a lot of people um, that kind of straps them down, you know, they think because this is where I'm at or this is where I live at or this, this is what I was born into. This is what it is. And that's just not true. Um, 
you know, the direction of your life is always determined by your choices and not your circumstances. So, you know, make good decisions and, and you're going to be successful um, no matter where you come from or who you come from. So before I let you drop the mic, <laughs> what give us our, your final thoughts. What is your mindset? Right. Again, this is building championship mindsets. We're trying to help our listeners build the mindset of a champion. So Boscafe, what is your mindset on emotional management? My mindset on emotional management is I'm making one of my goals to make sure that I'm stable, emotional, emotionally, um, stable, sober, as far as, you know, my mind clear, not being cluttered with, um, you know, bad things, negativity, drugs, alcohol, um, a sober mind is going to prevail as well. So, you know, being being intentional about being, uh, having a sober mind and just really aware of of that message that's inside of you and that you're telling yourself and that that's leading to your goals and just blocking out all the rest of the stuff that, that doesn't align with that. So, you know, find your message, control your message, and then just keep, protect your message. And you know, you're going to be able to find a way to, to control your, your emotions and be stable over and over and over again. Incredible per usual. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. And I look forward to, to collaborating again soon. Thanks, Bo. All right, thanks, Amber. Great job. Bye. Bye-bye. Boscape, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, what a guy. If you have a chance, go check out what he's doing on Fresh Ed Life. It's really, really an awesome organization, and, and they're doing incredible work. So if you've got a kid um, that's prepping for college sport or prepping for life after college sport or your pro that is transitioning to life beyond sport, that resource um, that he's created, again, Fresh Ed Life, is getting a fresh perspective on life and getting an education on what life is really like and how to live into your greatness on a more consistent basis. Just incredible work in general. And so, you know, really looking at, again, this piece of emotional management and the importance of that as a man or as a woman, as a professional, as a student, you know, whatever your role is, our emotions have the potential to derail us if we let them. But like Bo said, it's about our choices and about the choices we make on a daily basis of who we're going to be and how we're going to be and not allowing the the moments and the emotions to control us, but rather controlling our emotions, our, our moments, excuse me, by managing our emotions. So our championship mindset training for uh, building block six, emotional management, is to shift your perspective on pressure and to view pressure as a privilege. Listen, if you're in a pressure situation, you must be doing something right, right? If you've made it to the championship game, guess who every, what other teams want to be in that moment and have that type of pressure? Every other team right? We just had the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago. Guess which teams wish they had the pressure of the Super Bowl? Yes, every other team in the league, right? So that pressure is a privilege. The combine's coming up. Guess what guys want the pressure of the combine? Every guy, right? Every guy wishes they had an invite to the combine so that they could they could show their excellence. You know, get, guess what other people want the big case in the courtroom or want the opportunity to make a, a pitch to a big organization for their company? 
every person, right? That's what we dream of. That's what we work for are these moments. So when we get them, we've got to embrace them, you know, embrace the pressure and view it as a privilege. And once we start to shift our mindset on what pressure actually means, now all of a sudden we can engage with it on a deeper level. We can bring our best selves. We can deliver our prepared excellence in that moment. And nine times out of 10, or we're at least going to have a higher probability of actually executing and closing the deal or winning the case or having great scores in the combine or coming out on top in the Super Bowl. So again, mindset training for building block six is to shift your perspective on pressure and to view pressure as a privilege and watch how that starts to impact your emotions. I just want to thank you so much again for for sticking with us today through this episode, episode seven, uh, building block six, emotional management. Um, you can check us out online. Our website is www.latnerperformancegroup.com or on Twitter at @champmindsets. That's mindsets with an S. And we'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast. Um, and if you check us out on iTunes, I would really, really appreciate it. Um, if you rate and review us, that actually does a ton for you know our exposure to other people and and even to sponsors that allow us to continue continue giving great content, um, you know, for free as you listen to it. Uh, but again, hopefully it's just really starting to impact how you think about yourself, how you think about life and how you again can really start to gain some control and position yourself to perform at your upper level of capability on a more consistent basis. This has been your host, Dr. Amber Latner. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I challenge you to continue building your championship mindset. <laughs>